Like Chad said, we are starting a new series in the book of Philippians. Uh, if you have your Bible or you can um, find your phone or whatever, uh, Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start with the beginning. Uh, Philippians is uh, in the New Testament. It is written by Paul the Apostle, um, and uh, it is, we're going to start in this, this first chapter of the epistle of Philippians, and uh, Philippi is a region in Greece in the northeastern region, and Paul, uh, who is said to be probably in about his 60s, but what we do know about him is he's lived some life. He's gone through some things, and in this passage of scripture, he is actually quarantined at this time. He's isolated. He's imprisoned at this time. And uh, prison back then wasn't a pretty thing. And uh, he writes usually in the New Testament in most of his chapters, and he greets in the beginning of the scriptures, and he, he says, Paul coming from the apostle. So he, he comes with a fatherly voice. He comes um, with, with the burden and the passion and the desire that we as believers would actually learn to grow in our faith. And uh, he starts actually these verses with a different premise, not as an apostle. But as we see in verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. He's carrying the authority of a co-servitude relationship. He's saying, I, I, I want to come to you, you Philippians who are actually believers in Christ, and I want to say all of us together, which is a passage that he uses several times through the scripture, all of us together, I don't know about you, but there's comfort in knowing that we're in this epidemic together, that we're in this season, we're in this 2020 globally together. He's saying all of us as servants to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, there it is, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you. I don't know about you, but I need grace and peace in this season from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in this together. Wow, what a time to know that we're not alone. What a reminder that grace and peace is our guide. And uh, just, so, just so you know transparently during this season, there's been ups and there's been downs. There's been mountains and there's been valleys. There's been silver line, lining. There's been beautiful moments and there's been hard moments. I'm sure for all of you streaming in right now, there's been moments. And uh, there is no one in the Bible that I can think about who I want to learn from more in how to get the right thinking, how to get the correct mindset. What I love so much about Paul is, is he coins phrases of strengths. He, he says words like in Philippians 4, he says, I have learned to be content. He says, let us not become weary in doing good in Galatians for at a proper time. Maybe that's not right now, but at a proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we just simply don't give up. In Philippians 4.13, says he, I can do all things through Christ, who's the one that strengthens us. He gives us handles of perspective because he has a mission mindset. He's quarantined. He's isolated. He's in prison. He's saying, we can do this. 
We got this. If we just get the perspective of hope and the perspective and the mindset right, we can have fulfillment and contentment wherever you're at. The promise of these scriptures is that us plus Christ equals contentment. If you're taking notes today, I've titled this Disinfecting My Discontentment. Disinfecting My Discontentment. Thank you, audience of one. Let's pray together. Jesus, we, uh, we're so grateful for who you are. We thank you for this season, God, that it's not wasted, that you are available. God, we thank you for the grace and peace that is found in you. God, that you would use your word to touch hearts, to encourage people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but um, many of us together, because we're together, are learning how to clean extra good. We've become cleaning experts in our home, and uh, I'm using those disinfecting wipes for everything. I'm wiping down the Amazon packages. I'm opening door handles. I'm wiping, I'm changing kids' diapers with them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going that far. That would be a stinger, you know? But um, but those wipes are, are, are necessity, but they're being used quite often. Now, if you were to ask, how's the Veach fam doing? Honestly, how are you guys doing? I would say overall, we're, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're, we're doing pretty good, except for on Saturday. Now, Saturday is our chore day. And uh, what we do is um, is everyone comes together. And all I got, we got kids at 2468. Who do we appreciate? Mom, you know. But we all come together. I write out different tasks. We put it in the basket. We try to make a competition and fun. We draw our task. You know, Maverick has the windows. He just sprays it a whole bunch of times, doesn't wipe it up. Winston has the toilets. He's excellent at cleaning. Some some pull more weight than others. I'm not naming any names. Uh, Chad drew the beds. Uh, he goes and makes the beds. I go and redo the beds because I'm all out of marital passive aggressive comments for the month. You know, and then it's just like, you know, one, two, three, hands in. And Saturday chore day, we love to clean. But the issue with this is no matter how expert of cleaning we have become, we still cannot get our house clean because we've identified the source of the problem and that's the children. And um, if we get the children out of the house, which is not really an option right now, then we can actually properly deep clean. But what I'm actually talking to you today is maybe there's areas of your mindset, maybe there's areas of the home within your heart that, that, that feel junky, that feel unclean, that feel d- discontent. You know, my dad used to call this stinking thinking as I was growing up. But I want to encourage you that there is contentment that is found in the presence of Jesus. And, um, If you're taking notes, I want to start off with number one in verse three. We can read this together. Remember gratitude. I don't know about you, but I need to remind myself of the good things that are ahead. I need to remind myself to be thankful. Maybe this is, this is old news to you. You're like, I'm trying to do that, but it's not working. Remind yourself hourly. Set an alarm clock. Remind yourself um, every day. Remind yourself. Get in the practice of remembering. Remembering how good 
things are, remembering how good it is. Verse 3, he starts off the entire book and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for, there it is, all of you, because we're in this together, I always pray with joy. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I don't pray with joy. I'm like, God, you help me right now? Or But he's, remembering is not a new truth. Remembering is, is something, an exercise that I work on daily, if I'm honest. But we need to remember. We need to remind our soul. We need to remind our perspective of the good things that God has put right in front of us. Philippians 4, 6, we know this scripture, be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with gratitude, with thanksgiving. Let your request then be made known unto God from a premise of thanksgiving. Hundreds and hundreds of scriptures throughout the Bible talk about how to be thankful, talk about how to serve the Lord with thanksgiving, how to use gratitude as our uh, perspective and our premise. And then Paul says this, he says, after thanking the Lord, let's just Let's just start off, before we get into the details, let's just start off by thanking him. Then let's pray with joy. I, um, during this time of cleaning on our Saturday chores, um, I, I've been doing some deep clean. Maybe you're purging out closets and you're, you know, you're finding treasures, whatnot. But I, you know, I'm like amazed at the stuff that we've accumulated and buried in our home. But it's like, I have to really look for it to dig. I mean, I didn't know how dirty our baseboards were. I mean, it, yeah, help me, Chad said. But, um, I have to be looking for that dirt. And sometimes we look too much for those ugly areas, that dirt in our hearts. And sometimes if we just, if we are just looking at all the beautiful things that are around us and uh, we're content with what we have given us, it, 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 it helps the premise of our gratitude. Gratitude turns into what we turns what we have into more than enough. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Paul is saying, remember. Remember. Remind yourself. Remember to be thankful. Remember to serve the Lord with, with gratitude, the quickest path for joy is through the avenue of thankfulness. Number two, remember to put your confidence in him. Verse six is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Being confident of this, being confident in him, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He says, I am confident. In other translations, he says, I am convinced. I know that I know that I know that he who began this work, who started this off, will be faithful to see me through this. He has not called you this far just to leave you right there. 
He's going to see you through this process. He is going to see you through till tomorrow. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I've got another day left. Let me encourage you. I promise you that he is faithful to walk you through this. And then if we scroll down in verse 20, his confidence produces expectation. Because he's like, I, 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 I lean on you. I know that you're faithful. I've got, I put my confidence in you. I put my trust in you. And, I, and he says, in verse 20, he says, I eagerly expect and then hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage. Everyone, wherever you're at, say sufficient. In the chat room, say sufficient. I want my sufficiency to be found in him. I can fulfill sufficiency. I can emotionally eat. I can Netflix binge. I can fill myself up with things that only become sufficient for a moment. But I want to dig deep into the wells that do not let me run thirsty. I want to come to the one who gives me all sufficiency and satisfaction. Have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. In verse 21, it goes on and says to live as Christ, to die is gain. A very familiar scripture. He's basically saying um, whether I die or whether I live. I mean, what a mindset. What a strength. I mean, if I were to put myself in the, in the shoes, or maybe he was barefoot, in prison, I, in isolation, to say, it doesn't matter if I die or if I live. I'm coming to him with gratitude. I'm coming to him praying with joy. I'm remembering the confidence and the faithfulness that, I, that he, he's so faithful that I can put my confidence in him regardless of this outcome. I have expectation, and my expectation turns into hope. We've been playing a lot of games in our house, and uh, we've we've crushed Uno, we've crushed Sorry, uh, we attempted Monopoly, but that you know that's too long for our home. So um, we do these games, and we I mean it is heightened competition. And um, to be honest, our son Winston he walks into every game expecting to win, and if he doesn't win, I mean he is shocked. He thinks that he is going to dominate every single time we sit down for family game night or game day or game morning at this point in our lives. But um, I wonder if we all can come into our days, into our weeks, into our seasons with that confidence that we are going to win this. Because we lean on the one who is faithful to complete the work that he has started. He didn't just say work. He said good work. There are good things ahead of us. I don't know about you, but I want to put my confidence in the Lord. Number three, remember to grow. Verses nine, he says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. I want to abound more and more in love, in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. I want to grow in love. 
I want to grow in knowledge. I want to grow in wisdom. But in order to grow in our mindset, in our maturity, in our emotions, in our spirit, we have to learn how to receive. In Ephesians, it talks about how we have to understand, we have to grasp how high and how wide and how deep his love is for us. And once we receive and we grasp and we understand, then we can grow in his love. Uh, I'm a homeschool parent. Shout out to all of those moms who chose the homeschool path. You are officially my heroes. Um, and uh, if my mom calls or my sister calls and they're, they're saying, you know, how's the homeschool going? I, I, you know, I... I don't come as the premise of Paul and say, I am a bondservant in Christ. I am, I am a, I am calling this uh, the day of the Lord. It is my honor and my privilege to be a caregiver for children and for Chad. And uh, I am, homeschool is a blessing. No, I'm usually like, if I have to say Susie sells seashells six more times, you know, I'm just like, did you hear me? (laughs) But I I think sometimes our response comes from our ability to receive. And uh, if we know and if we exercise growth in receiving, I promise you, you're going to see a result when we come through this, when we come out of this, that's going to produce in us character. Maybe you're here and you don't even believe this. You don't even, you're like, "I, I don't believe what you believe, um, you belong in this moment, and believing can be a process, but in our believing process, if we just learn to simply receive, receive the concept that, that we talked about last Sunday, that he, ro- he died and rose again for you and for I, that in that process of belonging, we get to receive, and through that, we get to grow. What a beautiful opportunity, and as a result, we get to abound in love more and more, and depth, and insight, and wisdom. We get to receive all these beautiful things. And finally, number four, I'm going to invite the keyboard player to come up. Remember your part. Remember that There is a part that you play in all of this. Remember that there is purpose on your life. Paul is saying, I have confidence in God, but I actually, I have swag. I have confidence in myself. I know my story. I know what I've been through. I've I've experienced some stuff. I've seen some stuff. And uh, I'm not telling you to judge you or to give you my opinion. But I'm telling you because I have passion for the church of Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. I want to strengthen you and remind you that in this time, you play a part. That your story matters. In verses 14, it says, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters, you and I, all of us together, have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. There is still purpose ahead of us. Because of his chains, we have become confident. Because of your story, Because of the part that you play, 
because of the, the circumstance that we're in, we're going to come out of this more confidence, more purpose-filled. That's what he's saying. He's saying, while I'm in prison, to live is Christ, to die is gain, to, to, to understand that I have gratitude, but to remember over and over the importance of reminding our mindset and to grabbing hold of the perspective of the big picture of the mission that we get to be a part of. There's an important part that we play. In verse 25 and the end of the chapter, he says, I'm convinced of this. There he is, confident, convinced, secure, what an inspiration he is. I'm convinced of this. I'm confident in this. I'm, I, 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 I know that I know. I know that I will remain. Maybe you're here and you just need to be told that, that part right there. That I will remain. That you're, that you're going to be able to make it. That you can remain in him. You can remain in his his presence, you can remain in his hope, and I will continue, there it is again, with all of you together as one, for your progress and joy in the faith. His desire is that we would have joy, that we would have contentment, so that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Wherever you're at, I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes. Take a moment. During this time, there have been times where I just need to take a moment and I need to fix my mindset and fix my eyes on Jesus, the one who is the perfecter of our faith, the one who is faithful to see me through this, the one that remains, the one that we can put confidence in, the one who gives me the ability to be grateful when I don't feel very grateful. I'm going to pray right now, and I'm just going to believe that the Holy Spirit, our advantage, is going to come into your hearts, into the areas where you need a miracle. I'm going to pray that He's going to come into the mindsets of the weary. He's going to strengthen the ones that are fatigued, where it feels dark, where it feels desolate. He is going to be the light into our path. God, right where we're